You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads, but on a case by case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Put them together and what do you got to one of us review for you? Yes, hello everyone. Once upon a time, there lived a magical fairy kingdom where everyone lived with a song in their heart. You could talk to the animals and occasionally convince them to do your housework. And gender roles were very strictly enforced. Well, we're done with that today, because I am Mindy, your fairy godmotherfucker, and we are going to shake up this world, bitches, bibbity bobbity booyah. We taking them glass ceilings and turning them into glass slippers. Kapow! How's that fit on your feet, Miss Harmony? Very well. I mean, very few blisters. <laughs> there are some things that even I can't fix. No. And of course, you can't go to the ball and create destructive change without a bitching outfit. So here we go, Shazam! Yes, you have a fantabulous white pantsuit, Jennifer, because you're going to go off and change the world like the burl boss you are. I am a fan of a white pantsuit. I may or may not own one. <laughs> this is a thing. Yes, everyone, we are woke up in here today because we are reviewing Cinderella, the latest musical romantic comedy directed by Kay Cannon, turning the fairy tale world upside down. Anyone want to get into the synopsis of this review? Because girl power. Girl power. Um, it's Cinderella. <laughs> Everybody knows Cinderella. We all know the story, but this is a kind of a fun modern music take on Cinderella. I was actually, when I signed up for this, I thought it was going to be a retelling of the Rodgers and Hammerstein version. Me too. Same. So I was, a, you know, a little thrown back when I realized it was all modern music, but I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And that is basically kind of a more, what Mindy was saying, woke version of the classic fairy tale. Cinderella meets business fashion school meets Glee, basically. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> They got the Glee that, treatment, including yes. a mashup. Several mashups. Some <laughs> many, good mashups. many mashups. Yeah, many mashups. Yeah, specifically one of the biggest differences is that Cinderella wants to be a girl boss, and she wants to be specifically a fashion designer in a world where only men get to own shops. And also, I loved the addition, the prince has a sister named Gwendolyn, and she wants to be queen and she's constantly offering suggestions as to how to run the country but she's a little girl and so she doesn't even get to sit at the table and what happens with her as well and the kingdom and everything anyway so how did everybody feel about this snazzy woke cinderella overall i'm here for it it was definitely very different from what i was expecting Mm -hmm, definitely but once i settled into okay that's what this is going to be i enjoyed it for the most part i typically find the male leads in 
projects like this to be lacking, and he definitely was, but that was kind of the point. Yeah. So I appreciated it, and I thought it was really neat seeing all of the twists on the original, and especially the very hard-hitting, like, we're gonna take some very strong stereotypes and just, like, break them in half and throw them out mm-hmm. the window, and that's what this is gonna be about. Yes. I dug it. I absolutely dug it. And I'm honestly just here for anything Billy Porter does. Right? Like, (laughs) Billy Porter could have just, like, read the phone book and I would have been like, oh, this is Mm -hmm. is amazing. Let's watch this again. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. Porter plays the fairy god mother. Fabulous. Fabulous godmother. That's Mm -hmm. true. You mentioned before this review as how much you craved Billy Porter in this and because the godmother doesn't have any scenes other than the one. And as soon as I got to that, I'm like, oh, you're right. Because he rocks that scene. And oh, yeah, he could have been like in the background just doing anything. <laughs> well, but Fabulous Godmother got to be like the narrator for some of the scenes. And that was, mm. I, I could have used more Billy Porter, definitely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. For the most part, I really liked all of the actors. Oh, yeah. Yes. You know, you mentioned the prince was lacking. It's a very stereotypical dilemma that the prince is having of the, I am a royal, but I was born into this position. It's not something I really want. I want to be free. I am Princess Jasmine in boy form. So, I mean, he didn't have a lot to work with, but all of the characters were likable for the most part. Right. And I will say the exceptions in a minute. This type of story taking a fairy tale first of all and making it something new is very hard these stories have been around for hundreds and hundreds of years people know them and so to make them new and make them something you haven't seen before is a feat and this definitely did that and one of the ways it did it was by making everybody granted in fairy tale form and therefore simplistic, but everybody have internal motivations for being the way that they are. Like the evil quote unquote stepmother and stepsisters Mm -hmm. aren't. They're victims of this patriarchal society as much as everybody else is. And so they have to respond to it that way as well. The prince is stuck in his role the sister you know Gwendolyn the princess she is desperately trying to make something of herself as well but she's stuck and this type of storyline had the risk of working too hard Mm -hmm. and had the risk of being obnoxious being like we are girl power girl and then having no substance This one I don't think did that. There were some parts where it kind of leaned a little bit too far into, okay, cut it out territory, but not very much. And that really, really surprised me. The only exceptions to my enjoyment of these characters was the fucking mice. (laughs) They were horrible CGI. (laughs) They were horrible CGI and they didn't add anything other than everybody expects mice and Cinderella. Right. That's it. They didn't add any kind of function to the story. And the function that they did provide could have easily been done another way and just gotten rid of them completely. At least make them so that they don't fucking talk. Because that's when it becomes, they don't look good they're annoying as people and as mice. You kind of just had like a regular mouse just scurrying across. It's like, there, there's your mouse. But James Corden needed to have something to do. You know, mm-hmm. not only was he executive producer, he had to like be in it because it's James Corden and it's all about James Corden. Yep, pretty much. It's like, and I get that, but sometimes it's just like, oh, baby, no, mama, 
Come on. <laughs> One of my, my favorite moments, though, is when the mice have been turned into the foot, whatever you call them. The footmen. Footmen, yeah. And one of them, who's not James Corden, is talking to the horse. And he says, blink if you can understand me. And the horse blinks. And he just looks shocked. That was like a legitimately funny moment for me. Like, I, I, I ha-ha for that. So Yeah, but most of the time they were trying way too hard to be funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And when you try too hard to be funny, you're not funny. That's true. <laughs> the cast was, I think, was really good. The, the issue I had was the auto-tuning on Camilla Cabello's yeah. songs like yeah. it was too much too much auto-tuning like like let her sing she can, she can sing voice. let her sing got a and, good voice and i don't know if it's an issue of the producers being afraid to let her experiment with her voice or if she was afraid but somebody was scared and it, it i think it hurt her because it made it kind of hard to listen to her songs and she's the lead character you know that that's kind of a bummer for me but the songs were really interesting and fun to listen to this is a jukebox musical, and jukebox musicals, by their very nature, are a bit awkward because it's, here's a song, we're going to try and cram it into a storyline as best as we can, mm -hmm. but that's already been written, as opposed to a regular musical where you have a point, you write a song that matches, and so it's smooth. This is essentially the dubbing of the playwriting world. You know, the mashups that they did, the types of songs that they did... I think they were very fun. There were times where I was like singing along and dancing along to it because like, hey, I know that song. That one I don't know because I'm not down with the kids. But that one I do. <laughs> so I thought that their choice of songs was really nice and added to the story, albeit in a put it in the story kind of way sometimes. I have a little bit of synesthesia, which is where you react to like sounds or colors or in a different way and i get goosebumps and i would get goosebumps when they would do the mashups so i knew that the mashups were good nice. <laughs> you see me like go like this like oh that's a good song it's, it just happens with music i don't know what it is so <laughs> the fact that i got this in the movie is a good thing and what about the design because this is very clearly a fairy tale world it has kind of modern elements versus old schooly quote unquote elements the bright colors the modern ver combined with old school clothing styles. I particularly loved that there were homages to every iteration of the Cinderella story in the costume design. Like there were pieces and lines pulled from every single iteration from some of the ball gowns in the ballroom scene that were reminiscent of the Whitney Houston and Brandy version down to the construction of like the one shoulder gown, which reminded me of the animated film to some of the bolder choices for like the stepmom and the stepsisters that remind me of the most recent Cinderella film. I thought that was really cool the way that they just kind of nodded to it without making it a big deal. Like if you know, you know, it's there. I thought it was neat. I really loved the way that they did that. And I loved the twist on things that they did like Billy Porter wearing like the pants suit with the high low and the, uh, yes, here for it. Oh. There were so many really strong, like pantsuit moments in this film yes <laughs> and like mini drivers fencing outfit that was not a traditional yes! outfit, but a yes. lot more like tailored and the, yes. just like sleek and all of her costumes in this film are just phenomenal i love her to begin with but it was just i really dug it oh and the the blue and gold brocade coats that the king and the prince wore just yes. Oh yeah, here mm. for here for the fashion. That was very cartoon as here well. Love mm -hmm. a good brocade. Love a brocade. Like, <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> the costuming is so 
beautiful and so well done especially when part of the story is that the cinderella wants to be a dressmaker wants to be a own a shop and everything fashion designer and i also really liked that when we had multicultural princesses Mm -hmm. at the ball but they weren't all like multicultural princesses under the veneer of European mm-hmm. beauty. So we had a one that was definitely from India, one that was definitely from somewhere in, in Africa. Mm-hmm. It was really lovely to look at. Fairy tale, but make it fashion. Exactly. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I love it. Yes. Well, we've gushed a lot about this. Is there anything, I mean, other than the stupid ass rats? Yes, I called them rats because they're boys that you thought didn't work that you thought could have improved upon that you thought was a discredit to the story i guess i'll be the negative nancy in the musical choices i how dare you because i know right (laughs) because i love musical theater and because i love a lot of the artists that were in this project i felt like some of the choices that they made were i guess i don't know if they're too poppy but too without substance like i wanted some more meat some more grit mm. i mean camilla has a phenomenal voice and i feel like they could have done a lot more with her than they did mm-hmm. billy's song was great and what you expect out of him idina is always amazing no matter what you give her you could give her row 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 your boat and it would be amazing yes. more step family <laughs> right there are some divas out there that have produced some really strong empowering music that would have fit really nicely into the theme of rise up and they chose rhythm nation of all of janet jackson's songs yeah there are songs that would have fit the narrative more and it felt very jarring at the very beginning to have all of these characters singing about the fact that they're in a rhythm nation when there was no reference to that anywhere else in the plot. Like it just didn't, like you say, it felt kind of square peg round hole. Yeah. The main ballroom scene, having that one Ed Sheeran song, he has better songs. Mm -hmm. You picked popular artists, which I get, but did you pick the best artists and did you pick the best pieces from those artists? No. Like, I was a bit disappointed with those choices. Yeah. They did a great job with what they used. They did them as great as you could have. Right. It lacked some heart, some passion. With the exception of the town crier, I loved him. He was fab. (laughs) Loved him. He was fab. I don't know if... Cinderella's I Want song it was a good song I didn't recognize it so I couldn't tell if it was an original song or if it was I think it was an original for this it was good but I don't think it was up to the level to even the pop counterparts in the movie it was it was a good song that auto-tuning it just I I can't get past it but they didn't auto-tune the whole thing you know what I mean there would be places where it would be her voice was very compressed in a lot of the songs that she did which is a shame because homegirls got pipes and then they didn't do it quite as much for like the guy who played the prince there's a little bit there but it wasn't nearly to the level it was for camilla you know like for the prince or his vocals either he added literally nothing to this project for me yeah Yeah, we get it you need to like not be the king okay go do that go be pretty okay i do appreciate in regards to the music though that the pierce brosnan joke the fact he can't sing he can't sing they 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 mentioned it him since mamma mia And I love the fact that they took it in stride and he took it in stride. He seems like good people, Pierce Brosnan. He does. Yeah, he does. He seems like he would be a great person to know. I've heard he's great to work with. The mustache was great. (laughs) And it looks like the king is down trying to climb up our window in his suit of armor. Stop him before he sings by giving our final thoughts. Let's start with you, Jennifer. I think my favorite part of the entire movie was 
You can't leave actors alone in a basement without attention. Yes! They'll die. <laughs> yes, true. You so happy. Have never been spoken in life. Yeah. And then the the Gwen too subtle, not subtle enough. She <laughs> just had these little quippy one-liners that I very much appreciated. So the unsung hero of this film so far is the writing. Some of mm-hmm. the writing in this just really slapped. It's clever. Clever and funny. It yeah. really, really slapped. Yeah. And I appreciated the changes they made to the storyline and the direction they went with it. I dig it. So mm-hmm. it's campy. I would watch this again, I think. Other than I just don't like the prince. But I don't, I often don't like the prince in these stories. So it's, it's fine. So whatever. <laughs> I'm going to give it seven and a half out of ten crowns that are just way too heavy for Monoghan. <laughs> <laughs> And quick harmony, it's time for you to be the town crier. What do you have to say? I enjoyed it. It was a fun two hours or so. I didn't even count how long it was. I was just really enjoying it. More Billy Porter. It's always great. I would have loved to know a little bit more about Gwen. Mm-hmm. Only character who didn't really have an arc of any kind. She was cool the whole time. Like, don't get me wrong. And she had an amazing Hillary haircut, which, you know, I'm mm-hmm. here for. Like, here yeah, for. absolutely. Amazon does not like to put money behind things unless they know they're going to make money. I think they're going to be okay here. Who, who's also wanted, I think was completely underserved, was the stepsister who I can't remember the actress's name and I, I'm sorry I should have IMDb it but she was in the the Hairspray Live production the plus size stepsister she was really underserved I would have loved to see more of her but you know I'm always for the plus size representation there so yep. <laughs> I'm gonna give this 7.5 out of 10 glass slippers that represent breaking the glass ceiling she threw it <laughs> she did she threw it out his head she didn't leave it there it was a deliberate choice I love that I thought this was a lot of fun. It was pretty. The songs were catchy, albeit it is a jukebox musical. And therefore, it's not really a quote unquote musical in that it's like, here's a moment. Now I'm going to flow into a song and do a dance. Some people hate that. I don't mind it. But yeah, it can lead to some awkward moments. But the tunes are catchy, even if it's not a traditional style of writing a musical. The actors were great. I mean, their arcs were simplistic, but at the same time, this is a fairy tale. Fairy tale arcs are simplistic. So that didn't bother me other than, God, those fucking mice. Oh, they were so pointless and all they did was add irritation. But taking a fairy tale that is so well-known and so beloved and turning it into something new is a feat in and of itself. And the fact that Kay Cannon, who both wrote and directed it, managed to create something that is new and also a message for our age, because a lot of fairy tales were written or told before they were written down as kind of a response to, well, your life sucks, ladies. So just get married and hope for the best. Get married and hope for the best. And in our modern context, we don't want that message to be spread around. I was worried that this was going to be heavy handed, but it wasn't. And it was the message of, hey, girls, you know, you don't have to listen to these old messages. The world has evolved and you can wear a pantsuit and rule the world however you want. And on top of that, too, also counteracted the step parent is always evil trope of fairy tales as well, especially now that so many kids are products of divorces 
and have step families. And so to constantly spread the message of this step person will never care about you and will never love you and is trying to take mm -hmm. you away from your parents is not a good message to continue spreading. No. So sending the message of female empowerment, as well as adding a bit of modern context for families, I think was a really nice addition to the story that is as old as time. And yes, that's a different fairy tale. I am aware. I am going to give it 8.5 glass slippers who really didn't have anything to do with the plot all that much. That was a shame for me is that the glass slippers, the iconic thing in the actual story. Oh, I guess I need to put in a shoe here somewhere. Um... <laughs> Here, he throws it at his head. The end. What? The end. <laughs> that is the true character arc disgrace. That of the shoe. Yep, absolutely. <laughs>